Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the Autistic Podcasters Network. Today's Autistic Moment is a free podcast that puts autistic adults front and center where our stories are always the headline. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Thank you for joining me for this episode, Neuroaffirming Therapy Options for Autistics. Sarah Dwan is my guest for this show. Please visit todaysautisticmoment.com where you can listen to the podcast, get transcripts, program updates, and read the guest bios pages. Please visit the Future Shows page to read the titles, guests, and descriptions of all the shows coming up through January 2024. The transcripts are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. The transcripts can be read and followed from the website. There is a link provided to get access to a document form of the transcript that you can print it so it won't use up the ink on your printer. The written document has a font that is accessible for dyslexics. While visiting the website, please consider supporting the work of today's Autistic Moment with a financial donation or purchase an item from the logo shop. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Want to chat with me and other listeners? Join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel at Today's Autistic Moment to watch any episode of Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussion. Let's begin the introduction of the topic for this episode with a question. What do the words neuroaffirming mean? A neuroaffirming approach looks for autistic strengths. To be neuroaffirming is to recognize that neurotypical and neurodivergent are what the neurodiversity paradigm are about. To be neuroaffirming would mean that being autistic, ADHD, dyslexic, etc. are accepted. Neuroaffirming does not see an evaluation of ASD to mean that we have a disorder. Neuroaffirming therapies use the same concept of an evaluation but identifies autistics as opposed to diagnosing them. Neuroaffirming therapy helps autistics to work through the trauma of abuse, lack of employment, and economic inequality as the injustices that they are. A neuroaffirming therapist will see that the autistic has skills and talents that have been overlooked by the pathological approach to help them build confidence in themselves. A neuroaffirming therapist will provide a safe space for autistics to stim, fidget, and talk about their special interests without passing a quality judgment on how they look after their sensory needs. Neuroaffirming therapy will help other autistics to find those ways to climb, twirl in the air, or hang upside down to receive the stimming they need to feel regulated. My guests Sarah Dwan and I are going to talk more in depth about what neuroaffirming therapies look like and what they do. I know that you are going to enjoy listening to Sarah Dwan. Sarah Dwan is an advocate who is energetic, passionate, and thorough. Sarah Dwan lives in County Waterford, Ireland. Sarah supports neuroinclusion, 
by amplifying neurodivergent voices. After this first commercial break, Sarah will talk about neuroaffirming therapies using the neurodiversity paradigm, using the social model of disability to respect the autonomy of each autistic person. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcripts, go to todaysautisticmoment.com, click on the episode you want to listen to, and follow the directions to find the transcripts. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA services and your friend or family member could be your paid PCA. Best Care also offers homemaking, FMS services and 2, 4, 5D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website bestcaremn.com to learn more about their services. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. Sarah Dwan, welcome to today's Autistic Moment. It is my privilege to have you on. I have watched some of your work on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. So welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Philip. It's amazing to be here. I too follow your work on LinkedIn and I appreciate what you do as well. So honestly, it's it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you here. Well, um, my inspiration for this particular topic has come from the multiple conversations that I have watched and participated in on therapies that are just not working for a lot of autistic people, and mostly because they are not neuroaffirming. So I wanted to have a conversation about what are some neuroaffirming therapies and what do neuro-affirming therapies do? Um, you know, there's all kinds of behavioral modifications. There's all kinds of, you know, cognitive behavioral, all sorts of things to address behaviors. But to actually affirm autistics, have therapies that affirm them, is to, you know, help them believe that being autistic is not being 
being a deficit or and of course not being a failure. So it's important that we have this conversation to talk about what are some neuroaffirming therapies. So with that in mind, I'm going to start with the first question and say, what important information do you feel autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about as to what therapies are neuroaffirming? Okay, so the first thing that I would say is we have to be mindful that while neuroaffirming therapists exist, we cannot call an entire therapy neuroaffirming based on that. Okay, mm. because it's the therapist who decides it really. So it depends on what paradigm the therapist is working from, whether mm. it's a pathology paradigm or a neurodiversity paradigm. For example, there are tons of neuroaffirming speech therapists, okay, that exist, but there are also tons of speech therapists that are not neuroaffirming that exist. Okay, so mm. we can't actually say, you know, speech therapy is is neuroaffirming because it will depend on the therapist. And the second point that I'd like to address there is we have to know what neuroaffirming means, you know? It's mm -hmm. it's really important. We we actually need to know what we're saying when we say neuroaffirming. And to do that, sorry, go on. No, no, it's okay. Oh, sorry. That that's a great idea. Let's explain what neuroaffirming means. Go ahead. Yeah. So neuroaffirming, to, to understand that, we kind of have to go back a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So to neurodiversity, the term neurodiversity, okay? It it is not a new term even though you might think it is, but it's actually around over 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, it was first, it, it originated out of the autistic uh, community in the 90s. And literally, neurodiversity, the term neurodiversity means it's a biological and evolutionary fact, and it describes the variation of human brains. And it encompasses all brains, <laughs> okay? And this point I want to stress because neurodiversity includes both neurotypical and neurodivergent. It just, it's literally the, the concept that everyone has a different brain, okay? And, and a good way to remember that, um, th to kind of even understand the term further, is it can be likened to the term that we have for our various plants and animal life, biodiversity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's literally neurological diversity, neurodiversity. <laughs> And it's not an approach, it's not a movement, and it's not something any individual can possess. Mm -hmm. The neurodiversity paradigm, on the other hand, okay, this is this is not just solely neurodiversity, this is the neurodiversity paradigm that was first described back in 2011 by Dr. Nick Walker, who is an autistic scholar, who you actually had on your show recently, who I, I adore her, I would recommend anybody interested in neuroaffirming care and practice to look up the work of Dr. Nick Walker. So the neurodiversity paradigm is a specific lens through which to view neurodiversity. Okay, it yep. rejects neuronormativity and neuronormativity is just a fancy word for the idea that there is a single normal or right brain. Mm -hmm. okay? Because there isn't. There's no gold standard brain. There's no gold standard way of living. Okay, that is normativity and that is a social construct. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, the neurodiversity paradigm rejects the pathology paradigm mm -hmm. by acknowledging that autistic people do not have deficits. We don't need to be cured. We don't need to mm -hmm. be fixed. We are not broken. But exactly. the, it's, the, it's the pathology paradigm that prevails. You know, it's it's... It prevails and the neurodiversity paradigm stands in opposition to that. So mm -hmm. now that we know what neurodiversity and the neurodiversity paradigm is, now we have the foundation for where we can discuss what neuroaffirming is. So neuroaffirming therapy is an aff is affirming holistic framework for supporting autistic and other neurodivergent people. And it uses the neurodiversity paradigm as the lens in which to support us. Mm -hmm. So that's the key about neuroaffirming therapy. 
it, it mm. uses it's built on the foundation of the neurodiversity paradigm it actually it aligns quite nicely with the social model of disability um and it takes a kind of you know a rights-based and a strengths-based approach prioritizing autonomy consent and respect surrounding mm-hmm. our needs and yeah. just something that i would like to stress there is there's a common misconception that the neurodiversity paradigm just kind of it's all strength based you know and and we completely don't acknowledge the various and the, the diverse challenges that our artistic community face but but we absolutely do the neurodiversity paradigm acknowledges our challenges but the difference is it advocates for our needs to be met in in a way that supports our autonomy our respect um in a respectful way and also um considering human rights you know yeah yeah absolutely you know uh david gray hammond who has also been on my show a few times uh, just a brilliant brilliant mind fantastic yeah no he um he did a, a fantastic little video to explain how the how neurodiversity is the liminal point between you know if if you because if you think about what the liminal point is it's like the doorway between the the hallway and say the living room it's it's where 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 it change it changes and so like if we were to compare um to compare neurodiversity in terms between the pathological and the actual neuro neuro for affirming piece then what we we could say is that you know there's the the um provincial side and then there's the cosmopolitan and that neurodiversity is that liminal point that takes us out of a provincial way of thinking of autistic needs and going into the cosmopolitan which opens us up to a wider a wider possibility of how we can reach for a, a greater potential for our life it's like the the pathology part is very limiting because it limits us to what that pathology says the neurodiversity paradigm opens up this huge new space by which we can actually be affirmed accepted and i like i'm i like to use the word integrated rather than be necessarily separated from if you will um yeah. but that's just my that's just my point so please continue with, with what you have to say um i'm going to say let's let's give um let's give a few examples of what therapies are neuroaffirming including why they are affirming go ahead yeah so neuro the, like the goal of neuroaffirming therapies really is supporting autistic people in a collaborative and proactive way to meet sensory communication and emotional needs yeah ultimately okay yeah but what they prioritize as i had said um they prioritize respect autonomy and consent and ensures full yep. inclusion in decisions you know we should be included in decisions that directly affect absolutely our lives. it's not of course we should you know it's not rocket science you know the fact that we even have to say this out loud and kind of advocate for that is actually ridiculous when you think about it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. and a, a, another a core principle is understanding and respecting intersectionality you mm-hmm. know and also a commitment to gender affirming care Absolutely. and also trauma trauma informed yes. you know because the 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 overlap between say the autistic community and the lgbtqia plus community is 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 huge it's like, enormous yes yeah it's huge so so that gender affirming piece is quite important as well yeah especially you know? especially since uh, Dr. Walker and I, and I have a feeling you will say the same. I am convinced, I become more convinced than ever, that autistic people are, in general, gender non-conforming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think it's it's whether one is straight or gay, lesbian, bisexual. I really don't think that matters really, 
because as far as what society frames the stereotypes of of male and female or you know basically i would have to say the majority of autistics don't fit those stereotypes yes it's so one way true. or the other yes it's so true yeah. it really is like i'm i'm straight you know i have um a, a fiance um and but i would definitely would have been classed as a tomboy you know, now I'm yeah. quite, you know, yeah. girly, you know, in inverted commas. I'm quite girly as well. You know, I love how, getting my hair and my makeup done. But I would have loved, you know, as a child, I would have, you know, loved playing with tractors. And I hated Barbies. Like, do not give me a doll. You know, I want to be out in the mud. You know, total tomboy yeah. is what we would call it, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I understand what you're saying there. I, there was, there was, I was never one to be mainstream anything either yeah, you know absolutely my, my parenting style is not mainstream i would have adopted a montessori approach yeah from yeah. from a very young age from my child he's five now um mm. you know again not mainstream you know in my parenting i i never kind of did you know the whole reward and punishment you know here um i'll give you this chocolate now if you go clean your room or whatever like you know just it was so anyway, I'm going off on a tangent there. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. It's it's uh, our autistic people are like we are generally um, non-conforming in a yes. lot of ways. In yes, a lot of we ways, are. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I think honestly that is one of our huge strengths, to be yeah. honest. And and we can get back into what we were talking about when I when I say that neural affirming therapies. Are going to respect those gender nonconformities. Yes. So go ahead, uh, take off from that and go into let's let's talk more about what what neuro what neural affirming therapies are and and give yeah. and give some examples. Go ahead. So another key piece to neuroaffirming therapy is the therapist will will know and have an understanding that autistic communication and play. Okay, so those two aspects, uh, autistic communication and play are valid and valuable, and they do not need to be changed as such, especially, right. you know, so I I don't, you you probably are familiar with, but uh, maybe some of our viewers or listeners won't be, that the work of Dr. Damien Milton, mm. so his work on the double empathy theory is mm. groundbreaking, groundbreaking work that he has done. And essentially, it is pointing out that communication is a two-way process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And you know the miscommunication between autistic people and non-autistic people. Um, the the responsibility of that breakdown and miscommunication is always placed squarely on our shoulders. Yes. You know, we're mm -hmm. the ones that need social skills training. You know, we're the ones that need mm -hmm. to do all this work on air communication. But really, if if I require social skills training, well, doesn't neurotypical people require it as well? Because communication is a two-way process. The, the breakdown in communication isn't all our fault. <laughs> no, you know? no. It's it's not all down to us, you know? Right. Um, like neurotypical communication is valid for neurotypical people but autistic communication is valid for autistic people and it, it has to be respected all across all methods of communication so that includes Absolutely. AAC you know um things like you know type to text uh, visuals like all communication is valid and while we're on that point verbal communication that is not the superior form of communication. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we have to we have to change that view that verbal communication is superior to nonverbal communication because because it's it's it, it can be quite harmful that notion. Mm. You know, and the pressure then the pressure that um, parents often put on their non-speaking kids to speak. You know, mm. and the the children. And adults, none of us should feel that pressure. You know, air yeah. communication has to be 
kind of you know it has to be respected in, in that sense and neuroaffirming therapies do that because they mm-hmm. know that autistic communication is valid and in terms of autistic play you know autistic kids often they love lining things up you know why wouldn't you <laughs> why yeah. wouldn't you like learning things up it's great to organize things yeah. right yeah. but my point is autistic play is valid like a child can play like that it's 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 just because it's not neurotypical play doesn't mean there's anything actually wrong with it just because it's different if people right. could just understand that you know their worldview isn't the only one that exists exactly exactly you know? yeah after this next commercial break, Sarah will talk more about what you heard Ashlyn Baker mention in the episode Overlapping Triggers and Soothers in Autistic Relationships. When therapists use the special interest of autistics to help them regulate, it gives autistics confidence. When Sarah and I talk about self-advocacy, I will talk about a recent trend in the United States that interferes with autistics getting neuroaffirming therapies. Hello, autism community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based, a literal thinker, have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops for professionals. To find out more, go to autismcrisissupport.com. Give the gift of joy this holiday season with today's autistic moment. Our 16 ounce drinking cup and lapel pin featuring the spirit of inclusion with our empowering logo, make the perfect gifts. As a special holiday treat for our podcast listeners, we are offering 10% off the cost of each item. Offer cheers, spread love, warmth, and understanding. Order now to make this season truly special. Happy holidays from today's autistic moment. I love to bring in some some of my previous guests points with stuff like this, because, for example, um, thank God for Lisa Morgan. She was on my program in in September. We were talking about suicide prevention for autistic adults. And one of the points that she made that is very much applicable to this is that um, a lot of the work that she does with autistics in crisis is, you know, let us use our the strengths of autism to find solutions as to how to work your way out of a crisis you know if you're rule-based let's use that as a strength if you're honest to a fault let's use that as your strength you know and use that to help you you know build yourself build up to a way that you can build your life from those things and make yourself a life that's yours, you know, rather than someone else's. Um, I, I think that's a brilliant point. And I just had um, 
Ashlyn Baker on uh, just this past uh, sh the show just before this, where we were talking about overlapping triggers and soothers in autistic relationships. And Ashlyn is a mental health uh, pro professional. And she had actually said that, you know, sometimes when she gets a client who comes in and you can see that they're dysregulated, you know, that one of the techniques that she will use is just, okay, let's sit for a while and let's, let's, let's talk about your special interest, yeah. whatever your special interest is. And as they talk through that special interest, you can see in front of your face that suddenly they're becoming very regulated. Now they can calm down. They can actually participate in a conversation with you. And even if all you talk about in that conversation is whatever their special interests are, and it brings them to a point where they can, you know, really think and, and uh, live in a way. So they're not quite so anxious. They're not quite so, you know, afraid or, or what the, then you've done your job. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's neuro affirming. Would you absolutely. agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, our focused interests are incredibly regulating, mm. you know, and also I would add to that about the, the focus interests. Of course, I'm, I can't speak for everybody. The, you know, the autistic community is not a monolith, you know, no, we're, no, all, no. we're all completely different. But for me, like my interests are, they are so, they're literally a part of who I am. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they are so ingrained in 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 who I am. You know, and because they are my very focused interests. Okay, my ability, my ability to learn, uh, process, and retain information about my focused interests is yeah. is very very high. You know, so for example anything that I've ever had an interest in, if I just, I can just consume huge amounts of information on it very quickly and then just yeah. remember it, you know? Mm. And, and that, that's a huge strength that I have, you know, and, and I know a lot of, a lot of autistic people have yeah. that strength, you know? Um, oh yeah. And it's incredible. And I call it, I don't know if you're familiar with the theory of autism that was developed by autistic people, um by dina murray it's called monotropism yes yeah so i would call that like being in a in a monotropic flow state mm. and and it's all surrounding my interest you know when pro uh, problems any problems or solutions i get all these amazing ideas uh, i can see connections very clearly and and but i wouldn't be able to do that with anything else only for it's my very right. focused interest. You know, they're very, very powerful for for many of the autistic community. Yeah. And mm. and as you said, incredible for reg regulating. If I'm particularly dysregulated, a, a quiet room is always number one for me. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, me too. And yeah. And then number two is time with my focused interests. You know, yeah. like mine is is neuro inclusion, you know, neuro affirming mm. care um advocacy you know they're actually mm -hmm. all and they're all linked to each other as well you know so no. it's um but yeah. yeah you know i'm seeing something here in your notes that i am fascinated by mm. i would love for you to talk about and i never actually thought of this before i saw this but a neural affirming assessment with yes. the adult autism practice. Wow. You know what? I, I've, I've had guests on this show. Actually, they've, they've noted that the current pathology is, is, um, you know, built for blonde, white, male, straight people, straight people. And it often excludes people of color. It often excludes women. It often, what does a neuroaffirming assessment look like? Give us a give us a give us a picture of what that looks like. Yeah, so I will definitely try my best. Like first, just to say, you know, I I think we are very lucky here in Ireland in one sense because I don't even think that such a practice exists in America. 
as far as I'm aware anyway. Um, but we do have a fantastic practice in Ireland and it's called the Adult Autism Practice. And they're completely neuroaffirming, at least for me. So, so yes, so they still have to work from, you know, the DSM because that's how assessments are carried out. That's how you get identifications, but it's the way in which they do it. So for example, you know, number one, it, it's not called a formal diagnosis. You don't go into them for a diagnosis. You don't go to them for a diagnosis because autism is not an illness and it's not a disorder. So the term that they actually use is an identification. Good. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, Philip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that that's something that that actually Carol Jean Whittington brought forward, and I'm so glad she did, that we're now talking more about identification rather yes. than a diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's what they would have done there. And then, you know, they obviously go through questions and things with you, but then but it's the way that they speak to you. And it's the way that they, the terms they used, you know, they would have never, they would have never kind of posed a question that would suggest that I have social deficits. Yeah. You know, they would have never, you know, they would have never said, do you have any unusual sensory um, experience? Mm -hmm. You know, they would have never, they, they didn't use the word unusual. You know, it's it yeah. all about the terms, the language. It was just affirming. It was just literally asking me questions. And then like the report that I received back, we'll say, was did not say, um, say, say or shows lack of social communication, say or right. shows restricted repetitive behaviors right right there right. show you know x y and z you know the, did you ever see you know a, a form um a diagnosis the way it's normally done yeah and you you, no. you know the report that i'm talking about don't you like the the way it's phrased the way when you read it you think you you think that there's absolutely oh my god should that doesn't even explain me you know, the way it's so negative and, oh, my God, there must be something wrong yeah. with me. And I, I'm all these terrible things that they're saying, you know, that was completely omitted. Yeah. They, yeah they well, just... yeah. Well, when I was I went through my evaluation 12 years ago now, um, the thing is, is, you know, mine was used for what we used to call Asperger's. We're really no, please don't use those words, folks. Please don't please don't do that. But it was based on. Have you ever had these things happen to you or has anybody ever told you these things happen to you, such as have you ever had issues with eye contact? Have you ever had issues with, you know, someone saying that you're too focused on something, you know, that sort of thing. And yeah. then if you meet meet so many of those, then it's an indication of is what well, is how how this one is used. Um I see you've given this great list of resources, some of which already exist on um, my adult autism resources links page and some that don't, but I will be adding them in. Now, I do want to turn to my third question and, and we can do this completely ad lib, I guess, what we say, but what important steps should autistic adults and our supporters take to advocate for our needs? Which brings me to a point that I, 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 I have been learning uh, throughout the last two years, at least in the United States, through our our terrible broken healthcare system here, that is is just just in a, in disarray. Um, you know, um, about a year and a half ago, or a little more than that now. The therapist that I was working for, working with, who was really doing some great work for me, announced that he was leaving the clinic that he was he was using and I was using to tell me that he was going to start his own personal practice with a partner and that he would not be taking private insurance. And the reason he would not be taking private insurance is because the private insurance or even in the case of the U.S. for Medicare, Medicaid, which is our public health health insurance programs for people with disabilities, as we say, is that they those insurance carriers will determine what kinds of therapies can used, 
what types of therapies they can, they will not use or cover. They will decide how much time one actually gets with a therapist and they will determine, you know, you know, how much that therapist, how many appointments that act, that therapist actually needs to do in order to get properly paid for those services. It's all a disaster. Oh my God. Okay. That sounds awful. It, 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 it really is. So he, like I said, he announced to me that he was, he is not accepting private insurance for those reasons, because if he doesn't accept the private insurance, then he can give whatever therapies he can offer that are, for example, neuroaffirming. And therefore, you know, he he gets a, a bit a, a greater opportunity to, you know, offer good therapies without an insurance carrier looking over his shoulder. That's a good thing in one respect. On another, for a lot of us autistics who are either unemployed, underemployed, disabled, reliant upon upon social security uh, uh, to, to help us, you know, pay our mortgage and our rent, whatever. Basically, what that means is that we can't access those services because without our insurance to access them, we wouldn't be able to possibly pay for the fees that they charge, even on what, what we call a sliding scale. Like they'll, they'll offer a sliding scale, you know, instead of paying the full amount, you just pay this small amount and, you know, that, that so on and so forth. And I've found several um, other therapists of various kinds who are following suit with that, one of which is Ashley Baker, who was just on, on earlier this month. And she said the same thing. She's not accepting insurance because, you know, she doesn't want insurance companies breathing down her neck, you know. And also she wants to be able to give the therapy that's, that helps them. And, you know, she's got ways of helping people cut their costs. Um, I also have had Aaron Randall Dykeisen on as my second show in 2022. Aaron Brandel Dykeisen um, does. Um, she's a social worker, actually, not not necessarily a, a psychiatrist or psychologist. But what she does is she helps autistics work through pain management, chronic pain management, which is a huge matter for a lot of us, actually. And yeah. so she's another one that she's not accepting insurance. So. You know, this puts us autistics in a terrible in the U.S. in a terrible position, um, because of the reasons I've mentioned, but also because um, we will have to advocate. We will need the people who advocate with and for us to advocate that insurance, that public and private insurances will in fact cover. Um, you know, neuroaffirming therapies. Um, you know, and for example, there's one particular type of therapy that can do wonders for certain for certain uh, autistic issues, and that is occupational therapy can be extremely helpful. Yeah. But a lot of what what happens is the therapies that are destructive; those are the therapies that get funded through our public health system. And something like 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 occupational therapy might not actually be be funded, which is absolutely absurd. It is. It is absolutely absurd. So, I'd say the biggest um, and the most important advocacy that autistics in the U.S. need to do is really stress upon our our leaders of government and 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 therapists. Quite frankly, um, you know, if you're going to a therapist. And you feel that therapist is not affirming you. You have every right to say, "I'm not feeling affirmed by you." And as um, Kelly Lenza and Dr. Devin Price spoke of, if you are working with a therapist that is not providing you with the proper care, it is okay to leave the appointment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, these are these are some of the barriers, but these are also very important parts of self advocacy, where autistic, you know, you know, and this is where it becomes so difficult because 
a lot of us autistic, our voices are not properly heard. Our voices are not taken seriously. But the point is, is that we need to insist that that therapists provide neuroaffirming care, you know, which goes back to some points that I had made on several shows. One is you need to know, you know, become the expert about your own brand, make and model of autism. You owe that to yourself. You have to become the expert about who you are. And then you have to become the expert about communicating to others what being autistic means for you, you know? So, so, I mean, I mean, this is one of those things that is real and, you know, and this is why a lot of autistic prefer to forego any kind of therapy because they feel they can't get something. And in a case like that, where someone can't get neuroaffirming care and if you, I mean, if you can't do this on the last minute, that's okay. But we can sort of search for a few together. Let's say somebody can't access neuroaffirming care. What are some things they might do to help themselves? Can you talk about that a little bit, or yeah, or do you need to, yeah, let's yeah. let's do that. I I kind of just wanted to add as well to your point about access. It's so important because society as a whole, we cannot claim inclusion if we do not have access. Right, you, you know, absolutely. It, 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 you can't have inclusion if we have children and if we have adults that don't have access to support. You know, it, that's a basic, basic violation of human rights. Right I here. agree. I you totally know? agree. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, totally, totally agree with what you're saying there. In terms of advocacy, similar to your two points, I would also add learning about autism from autistic people. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Perfect. That's, Go ahead. That's number one for me. And number two, know your human rights. So I don't know, is America included? Like we have the UNCRPRD. We, we, UNCRPD. We um, so, you know, just know your rights as well. You know, your, your right to education, your right to communication, know those rights and be able to point out when your rights are being not given. Right. Does that yep. make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of supports and services, I have this uh, phrase, <laughs> be a squeaky wheel. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So like I'm talking, ringing them every week, writing letters, contacting the radio, asking would you you know, can you go on and talk about your lived experience of being autistic and how there is no services and supports in my area? Um, write letters, write to the newspaper, contact your local politicians and connect with other autistic people. Yeah. So that's key as well. That 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 point is key for our mental health. Yeah, because, yeah. Because there's nothing, there is nothing like talking to other autistic people and having many of your experiences mirrored back to you mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is it, that in itself is very very affirming um for example you know I can I have incredible hearing you know I can hear everything you know I can hear the electricity okay I've never you know anytime I've ever said that to anyone around me they would be like Sarah there there is no sound here there is no sound, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. when you when you're talking to other autistic people, you're like, oh my god, I hear electricity too. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's just it's amazing the connection, the the yeah. you know, you're you're not the only one, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's you don't feel as alone, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I call that I like to call that building your social support networks. Yes. Is is how I like to call Lovely. it. And that's where LinkedIn is absolutely fantastic for us autistics. After this final commercial break, Sarah will talk about her Facebook page, My Life Through My Lens, and her work for disability advocacy. Immediately following that, today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board.
Does it feel like all your support systems are in separate silos? Does it seem like there are mixed messages and you don't know which way to turn? Being part of a system is hard. It would be helpful to have the tools in your life toolbox to help navigate those silos. Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide support to fill that toolbox to prepare you to bridge those silos. Being person-centered, Looking Forward Life Coaching equips an individual to advocate for their needs. With Coaching One-on-One, bridging the gap between the silos of services, you can feel more confident that your needs and desires are met. If you would like more information or would like to schedule a free meet and greet, please visit our website at www.lookingforwardlc.org or call us at 612-504-7414. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success. Join my guest, Mitchell Shapps, and I on December 3rd for planning neuroaffirming holiday social events. During the first two seasons of today's Autistic Moment, I have talked about autistic adults preparing for the sensory unfriendly holidays and managing holiday stress. I want to begin this holiday season by talking about holiday social events that can be planned with neurodivergence involved in the plans. Mitchell Shapps joins me from In Neurodivergent, an organization that plans social events by getting neurodivergents to organize the events. Mitchell will give us some great ideas of how to plan holiday social events that are neuroaffirming. Season 3 will conclude with Angela H.A. Locascino on December 17th as we talk about autistic professionals supporting the autistic community. Throughout the years, we have enjoyed hearing from so many autistics who are professionals with services that support the autistic community. Angela AJ will be here to talk about the important work that many autistic professionals are doing to support the autistic community. Season 4 of today's Autistic Moment will begin on January 7, 2024 with Darren Howard from the Autism Society of Minnesota to talk about details and practices for autistic adults to be employed. On January 21st, Eric Ringenberg from the Autism Society of Minnesota will join me for the episode Emergency Preparedness Planning for Autistic Adults. Check out the Future Shows page on todaysautisticmoment.com for all shows coming up through January 24th. Do you have any topic ideas for future episodes of Today's Autistic Moment? Go to the Contact Us page on todaysautisticmoment.com and submit your topic suggestions. Go to the page for Be My Guest to submit a guest intake form if you would like to be a guest. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment. have a group on Facebook through my lens a life through my lens it's not yes. a group though it's not a group it's okay. just my Facebook page yeah okay okay yeah tell us a little bit about what you do through that page so I basically advocate for the neurodiversity paradigm <laughs> yeah across all aspects of life so I deal with from different perspectives sometimes I talk about education sometimes I talk about parenting sometimes I talk about health you know it's yeah 
it's just broad. You see, my goal is literally to make the world more inclusive. So therefore, that that encompasses a lot of areas of society, you know. So that that's all. I just share my lived experience of being autistic and share the the and the, you know make make better known the neurodiversity mm-hmm. paradigm. That's kind yeah. of I'm I'm an advocate for that. Uh, yeah. a disability and neuro inclusion advocate so that's what I do yeah. and if I'm not advocating online I'm advocating in my personal life or I'm mm-hmm. advocating or I'm advocating in college um so it's just a huge part of my life I do it day in day out I love it yeah yeah and it's yeah. one conversation at a time as well so Absolutely. I look for I I look for moments of where I can bring in you know the neurodiversity paradigm into different contexts you know right you can always bring it in like i i recently wrote a, a philosophy essay on plato plato's cave and um i brought in the neurodiversity paradigm into my essay you know it can be brought in anywhere <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think your points are well taken i mean um, you know, yes, we'd like to have our um, the the neuro affirming care that we'd like to have, but if it's really that difficult to get it, then the next best thing you can do is to build yourself a neuro affirming um, social support network of some kind. And the thing is, is that you know, there's all sorts of things that happen to us. I mean, like I say. A lot of us here in the States that are neurodivergent, we find ourselves on the bottom end of the economic totem pole here. Um, but the point is, is that um, there are still some things that you could do. And that's why I always say, you know, when we tell our stories about what being autistic means for us, and I know it's so hard because sometimes you feel like nobody's hearing you. You actually are at least beginning a conversation that will somehow lead somewhere okay but you have to start somewhere um you know we have a lot of um conflicting forces for the neurodiversity movement in this country but i will say that in the last 10 years that movement has been moving better forward and it's because of people like dr nick walker it's because of people like David Gray Hammond. It's because of people like yourself. It's because of people like me. And there's like Carol G. Whittington, many of the people that I've been mentioning, we have been insisting we do not need to be isolated in, as in there's something wrong with us. We're a deficit. We're deficient. You know, you know, we are voicing and saying, you know what? No, we don't need to be pathologize so that we um so that we are you know those poor little things and that sort of thing (laughs) yes we we do not need to be your object of charity right object of charity or pity for that or pity yeah we don't don't mourn for us no 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 in fact what we're actually talking about here with neuroaffirming therapies and what the neurodiversity movement is trying to say is celebrate us Yes. Learn about who we are and celebrate who we are. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, um, if we could only do a little bit more of that, I think I think more autistics would be employed. More autistics would have a better chance with economic economic security, and I think I think it would really change the landscape of what's happening for a lot of autistic and other neurodivergent people. Well, Sarah, this has been an absolute pleasure. This has been an absolute Thank pleasure. You. No, yeah. No, you you have given some great advice and, and some great uh, information about what neuroaffirming therapy options are. I'm so glad that we have had this conversation. Um, is there any other point that you might like to make uh, before we conclude this interview? Yes, just one, actually. I would like to just say to people who are advocating for themselves, the key to successfully advocating for yourself is having the understanding that you are not broken. Exactly. Yep. You are not disordered. 
there is nothing inherently wrong with you just because you're autistic and know that living autistically is a valid and valuable way to live and you have Absolutely. every and you have every right to live autistically when you understand that key point mm-hmm. you will effectively advocate for yourself yeah. or your child um very very well yeah actually when you learn to be neuroaffirming when you learn to accept yourself and you learn to see yourself as having so much potential because you're autistic it is empowering absolutely you know? absolutely and i'm gonna say what i said um at the end of my last autistic voices roundtable discussions where we talked about the famous words that all of us hear your your behavior is not appropriate you know how we hear that more times than we care to count. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and I want and I want all my audience to hear this: is that being autistic is normal. Being autistic is our normal. Okay, and what I want to say to neurotypicals is your normal and our normal can coexist. And that's what this neurodiversity movement, that's what neuroaffirming is about. Saying that your normal and our normal can coexist. And there's no reason it can't. Would you agree? Exactly. Yeah. All right, Sarah, once again, thank you so much for being here today. Wow, what a fantastic conversation this has been. I hope you've enjoyed it. I loved it. Thank you so much, Philip. Thank you. Thank you. Please go to the Adult Autism Resources links page on todaysautisticmoment.com and scroll all the way down to a list of resources that Sarah has provided about neuroaffirming therapy options. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. All of these events with their links can be found at todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board. Join the Autism Society of Minnesota for their adult coffee club. The next coffee club will be on Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Dogwood Coffee in St. Paul on November 21st. Please RSVP at AUSM.org. Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be on December 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. On December 7th, beginning at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., the Autism Society of Minnesota will host a virtual workshop about Gestalt Language Processing, GLP. Marge Blank, the presenter, will help you outline the six stages of Gestalt Language Processing, GLP, compared to the stages of Analytical Language Development, ALD. On December 12th, beginning at 7 to 8.30 p.m., Jillian Nelson will present a skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Minnesota Service Navigation. Learn what services are available and which ones may work best for you and your loved ones. Services vary on individual and family basis. Jillian can walk you through what the process is like and how to find out what someone qualifies for in the state of Minnesota. Go to AUSM.org to get more information about these and other social and educational events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Min Neurodivergent is a social club rooted in a vision of bringing neurodivergent Minnesotans together to build meaningful connections. Its core principle is to foster an environment where all are treated with dignity and respect regardless of ability or preferences. Go to the bulletin board at todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the meetup link to become a member and attend their events. Matthew, the hashtag actually autistic coach, 
has room in his finding your autistic self group coaching groups. In the groups, participants learn about unmasking strategies, coping tools, burnout and post burnout support, and much more. Go to autisticcoach.com and click on Autism Support Groups for more information. While visiting Matthew's website, be sure to check out the free Autistic Discussion Circles for autistics of various age groups, careers, students, and ethnic groups. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is here because of the generosity of supporters and sponsors. Please join the supporters by clicking on Support Today's Autistic Moment on todaysautisticmoment.com. If you work for a company and or organization that supports autistic adults and the movement for neurodiversity, I would love to have you sponsor ads on the show. If you would like to sponsor an ad or have questions about Today's Autistic Moment, please send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day. All of the guests meet with me on Zoom to record the interviews. The podcast is created and prepared on Spotify for Podcasters. The music that you hear is licensed to Today's Autistic Moment by PremiumBeat.com.